Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. All right. Well, we're here today to continue our Sanditon fan fiction miniseries. And our guest today is Piper Holmes. Piper, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So Piper, I asked or tried to ask all of the guests thus far how they got first and foremost started in fan fiction. So let's start there with you. So um, fan fiction has been in my life for a little over 20 years at this point. When I was a teenager, mid 90s, late 90s area, my mom was a librarian. And so we would go after school every day to the library. And this was kind of the advent of computers being in the library with internet access. And I would get my 30 minutes online. And I was, I was a fangirl. So I was searching for Star Trek stuff. And I came across this webpage that had a whole bunch of stories. And I was shocked. I could not believe that people were writing stories and posting them online for people to, to read. And I just, I gobbled it up as much as I could. And in fact, I, I realized I could utilize my 30 minutes best if I started printing these stories off <laughs> and then reading them later rather than trying to cram them all in 30 minutes. And I put them in a binder. And to this day, I have those binders because they're, um, they're just so nostalgic for me. Um, but I, I love fan fiction. And um just the natural tendency to write stories in my head about these characters that I'd either read about or watched on television or seen in a movie. And then to see that other people in the world did the exact same thing that I did, but they were actually putting it out there for people to read was just so much fun for me. And then about the, when I was in my early twenties, I got up the courage to actually start posting my own fan fiction. Excellent. You use a pen name. Piper Holmes is your name online. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your Sanditon experience, because obviously the Sanditon Sisterhood, Sanditon Squad, can you kind of unpack for our audience your Sanditon experience? Sure. Actually, it's a unique approach, I think, to Sanditon with fan fiction, because I actually read a Sanditon fan fiction before I ever watched the show. And it was because I had read the fan fiction that I wound up deciding to watch it, because I'd heard how the the show ended. I knew how it had ended. I knew that it had not been renewed. And so I was like, oh, I I don't need that heartbreak in my life. I'm not going to watch that. But then I was just kind of playing around on my phone one day and I was on AO3 and I needed something to read. And I do love Jane Austen and I love Jane Austen adaptations. And it just, it was bugging me. So I just decided to investigate some of the fan fiction. And I read this story, um, it's Morning Exertions and Violet Delights by Fortunately Lori. And the way she wrote the chemistry between Sydney and Charlotte just leapt off the page. And the characterization she had for Tom was so entertaining and interesting that I really decided I had to watch the show to find out how accurately she had portrayed these characters because it was such a good story and such good characters and such good chemistry. And I decided to watch it because of it. And she absolutely nailed it. It's a phenomenal story that really captures these characters in that story. That's interesting. That's kind of a reverse of what I've heard from pretty much all the other authors thus far. It seemed like most of them watched the series first 
and they felt compelled to find a remedy or a better ending. So that's <laughs> kind of their therapy, where it sounds like you started with the fan fiction and then were compelled to watch it. When did you start writing fan fiction around Sanditon? So I did, I finished the series and I had been reading fan fiction while watching the series. And at this point, there are maybe 60 stories or so that had been posted on um, Archive of Our Own. And they were all interesting continuations of the, the end of the story. But I didn't really feel compelled to write a story that picked up and solved their problems. Mm. <laughs> so I, just, I just didn't think that I, I had that talent. And so what got me interested in writing fan fiction for Sanditon was more of just taking these ideas of what Sydney and Charlotte's life would be if it all did work out. So I started creating these images online, these manipulations of Sydney and Charlotte getting married or Sydney and Charlotte having a kid. And whenever I'd make one of those pictures, it would inspire a short story that I had in the, about their domestic life, post-married life or whatever. And so I, I kind of got into it that way, just, just random one shots from the Positively Revivified series that I wrote, just six short stories. Then once I had kind of gotten the domestic, fluffy, fun stuff out of the way, <laughs> I started thinking about the more complex stories that I could tell, again, not as a continuation of what happened at the end of the series, but just as assuming it all worked out, what would their life be like? <laughs> Well, that's really interesting as well, Piper, because most of the other guests said that they really felt compelled to write a remedy. So you kind of just skipped over that and went straight to maybe domestic life. Why, why do you think that is? Do you think it was the intimidating kind of disentanglement of such a complex ending that you were avoiding? Or was it that you just wanted to dream ahead and think about what happily ever after looked like for you? I think it's definitely both. With the added <laughs> component of other people had already done such a phenomenal job with that aspect of the story. I did not want to write something in my head that I then fell in love with. <laughs> and if the possibility of a season two popped up, you know, it was completely outside the realm of what happened. I didn't want to create a situation where I might find myself disappointed. <laughs> and again, other people have created these phenomenal endings. My all-time favorite continuation has to be Parlor Games by Anon581. I just think she nailed every expectation I would have for a season two. So it was already out there what I wanted to see. So I didn't feel compelled to have to rewrite that in my own narrative. That's interesting. Anon581 is one of our guests on the series as well. She's what are you doing now in the realm of Sanditon? Are you still writing fan fiction as we await the official announcement of Sanditon season two? Or have you moved on to a different type or genre of fan fiction? Nope, still, still plugging away at Sanditon right now. I have two works that I'm working on. The book of you and I, which is a, a work in progress right now. It's the... It's actually a story about Esther and Lord Babington as the central characters with Sydney and Charlotte sort of as a supporting role. But that story is definitely not the fluff. <laughs> it, it deals with miscarriage and just the idea of what happy ever after actually looks like in the real world. So Esther 
she falls in love. She she's moved out of this relationship with Edward and she's in a safe place. But what does happily ever after look like once you get to that safe place? Because that safe place is going to be challenged. And for Esther and for Lord Babington, it's her miscarriage, it's her loss, which is then compounded by the fact that Charlotte and Sydney have gotten together. They they're married. They are now having children of their own, but in order for them to be together, they they had to give up everything. They lost everything. So it's juxtaposed with them having the family that Babington and Esther long for with perhaps Esther and Babington having the financial security and safety that Sydney and Charlotte long for. And then at the central uh, narrative is these two women who have different experiences with motherhood but still long to show their love and friendship for each other. And how do, you, how do you do that? How do you deal with one person having the dream that you want and love them and still care for them while you're suffering? It's just really <laughs> fascinating that you're willing to kind of go out there on a limb with Esther and Babington and kind of redefine happily ever after. But you didn't want to do that with, with Charlotte and Sydney originally as well. They're kind of on the fringes. But I, I like that very interesting juxtaposition of both of them having something that they want or that is ideal, but then also in kind of a reciprocal manner have or see something in the other couple that they desperately want, but necessarily can't have. Yeah. And and I kind of struggled with Esther's character on the show, just some of the choices that she made and how quickly it felt like we were meant to align ourselves with her narrative. And so I wanted to explore that shift in her and to see a challenge to, to see how enduring it could be in the face of loss and heartache compared to Charlotte, who is pretty upbeat. And it's interesting because Sydney and Esther, their narratives parallel in so many ways in the show. And the characterization of Babington and Charlotte are actually pretty similar. So these couples have a lot in common. And so it's just fun to play around with that. So are you professionally trained as a writer or is this just something you do for fun? I have my master's degree in literature, but I don't, I don't write professionally. I write for fun, but I read professionally. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Take us through how you got these ideas for your own fan fiction. Did they come from other fans? Did they come from the images that you created? Did they come from different storylines that you read or all of the above? Uh, Probably all of the above. Um, I'm pretty easy to influence. (laughs) Okay. I see something and I'm like, Oh, that's fascinating. I want to learn more. Um, And in fact, the other, the other story I'm working on right now, war bonds, it's takes place in world war II. And it is a, a retelling an adaptation of the first season of Sanditon in this setting. And I had watched the Liberator on Netflix. And I have a passion for history as well as literature. And World War II is such a fascinating time in history that as soon as I watched this miniseries, I just thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting if Sydney were in World War II and Charlotte was there? And how would that story play out the same way that it would set in the Regency time period? What would I have to change what would I have to use? Because there's a formalist working topology of adaptation right now. Uh, very interesting, which is 
uh, kind of what I focused on in my graduate work is adaptation and fan fiction is kind of a subtext of that. So considering what, what could I include, what do I need to exclude, what do I need to invent, resequence, substitute, compress, extend, to move Sanditon from Regency, move the story of Charlotte and Sydney from the Regency period to war-torn Europe in 1943. And that, so that was like really challenging and fun for me. And I immediately went and made a picture of Sydney in his World War II uniform and Charlotte in her nurse uniform. And those vivid images helped me create my story as I'm writing. But it's just the idea of moving. What do I have to move around that keeps these characters and the story tethered to the original, but can exist separate from it? Hmm. Interesting. Piper, you clearly have formal training in this arena and you clearly have a passion for it. Have you taken your fan fiction and, and branched in any way to your own fiction with your own characters and writing? <laughs> I actually have just, just the idea of being up late at night and thinking of stories in my head. But I, I don't feel any need as of yet to create characters and stories and produce them in a way for other people to read. I have fun doing it on my own and in my head, but I, I just... Right now, I love exploring other characters and just playing around with what's been established. So back to Sanditon, who was your favorite character in season one? Oh, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with Charlotte. Okay. Why? <laughs> she, um, she is so outgoing in the sense that she grew up in a world that was filled with love and was protected. But that didn't squash her need for adventure. So she goes out and she wants to learn more. And when she's confronted with her own shortfalling, she is quick to acknowledge those shortfallings and to apologize, which I was quite impressed with in the series. And at the same time, she doesn't back down from a challenge. When Stringer's father gets hurt, you know, she steps in, she doesn't back down from it, even in the face of what could be a diff difficult task. She is compassionate, she is strong, she is naive, she does fall short, she can be selfish, but she's willing to learn and she's willing to change, which is incredible. That's a great assessment of Charlotte. And yeah, she was one of my favorites as well. So Piper, if let's say hypothetically, the producers of Sanditon season two, although it hasn't been officially announced yet, we do have some rumblings that it will be in production soon. Let's say hypothetically the producers are listening to this podcast and your conversation. If there was one story that you wrote that you would love them to kind of extract ideas from of your stories around Sanditon, which one would you want them to focus on? I would have to say the book of you and I, just because that is a story that I have poured in a lot of emotion, a lot of complexity, a lot of challenges to what we understand love and forgiveness to be. And for me, what I want to see in season two is that there are no magical fixes here. I, I don't want some <laughs> unknown relative to pass away and leave Tom a fortune. What I would like to see is that people have made these errors 
but they've made them out of love. Some of them have made them selfishly. And so there needs to be a storyline that focuses on the aspect of love and forgiveness for me. Cause I think that seeing a story, seeing a couple bounce back through that sense of forgiveness, that sense of caring, that sense of giving is stronger than just a magical fix or even a clever fun fix, which, which was fun. It's great. That's not a criticism on others writing. I love those stories. I love them. But for me, I want to see that, that notion challenged a little bit. So not so much a fairy tale, uh, but a pragmatic approach. (laughs) (laughs) Pragmatic, but in a way that, that demonstrates that, that, that is actually the power of love that, it is in the day-to-day, it is in the dirt and the grime, it is in the tears and the heartache. But part of that is also the laughter, part of that is also the joy, part of that is also the forgiveness, uh, that, it, that it's just a complex situation that needs a complex resolution. Well, with that, Piper Holmes, tell our listeners where they can follow you and read your stories. I've got everything on AO3, fanfiction.net. I'm on Tumblr and Twitter too. <laughs> and your handle at Twitter is Piper Holmes? I'm at Piper Holmes one. Okay, perfect. Anything else as we close this episode up? I just, I have to, I have to praise the, this fandom just the level of writing, the level of creativity. It keeps me going. I'll, just find myself with a free 10 minutes throughout the day and think, you know what, I just need a quick pick me up and I'll go and grab a story that I love families and the legacies by silver Fox or unstoppable or uh, anything by middle March. I mean, there are just so many great stories out there and they're just getting produced just day after day. And it is impressive. And I am just in awe and I love being a part of this. Yeah. Like I said, I've never seen a fandom like this before. It, it's it's a phenomena. So I'm well. Go ahead. And I, oh, I just wanted to say because what's interesting about Sanditon is because I've been a part of so many other fandoms and written for I, I counted ten other fandoms that I can remember, but this is the first fandom where so many people are being introduced to fan fiction because other fandoms that I've been involved in, fan fiction was just a way of life, and so it's so fun to see people be like, oh, this is my first time ever posting. This is my first time ever reading fan fiction. And it's been, it's just like uh, absolutely delightful to see people embracing it. Well, with that, Piper Holmes, thank you for being part of this mini series. We love that you've got that amazing blend of professional background and training in this area, and then you spread that (laughs) into your passion. But then you also have read so many things. I think it's really interesting that you started with the fan fiction and kind of worked back into the series. That's super unique. So thanks for sharing your perspectives. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Edutainer. If you're a super fan, head on over to our Patreon page for The Edutainer and you get extra goodies just for being a super fan. Our Patreon page is called Behind the Counter and on it we have an extra blog full of goodies just for our super fans. Also, join me on Clubhouse this year. I'm at Aaron Albert there as well as Instagram. Over at Twitter, I'm at Aaron L. Albert and of course you all know I love LinkedIn. So let's connect and let's have a great 2021 together.